0: <laughs> just stop my coughing nose, forehead. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh like now it's just trapped in your nasal patch yep. passage. It's just <clears throat> all right. <clears throat> <Five>. Stacey Dennis. <laughs> Four. <clears throat>
1: Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode eight.
0: I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hetch. And that was him saying his name is Ryan and I am Hetch, if you couldn't tell through his choking laughter. So, so,
1: I mean, obviously, listeners, you know, we'll reveal a bit of sausage being made here. And, you know, we drink our water, we do our sound test, get all the coughs out, but I couldn't get all the coughs out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just like it was making it worse and it just tell me to stop coughing so i started laughing and here we are um yeah, so yeah episode eight we're here poro eggs
0: <laughs>
1: housekeeping up top all right you can listen to us everywhere as usual you know youtube uh soundcloud etc uh you can follow us on twitter to keep up with the episodes when they're posted uh, at podcast, C O R, that's podcast core. And then you can also send your emails to podcastcore at gmail.com. Remember, that's C O R. Uh, and then please leave a link, le- like, link, link, follow, like, comment.
0: Hey, hey, you know what? That, that's not a bad idea. You know, like if you got a link for your decks, yeah. you know, Hedge only oh, yeah. plays bullcrap and he needs help like i need thanks. a lot of help Since, i didn't think about that either you can send your tech to
1: please. me <laughs> like, please help She's rating before the game goes live you,
0: you can even put your rank in there like, like hey i'm only like silver two, but this is what i've been playing i'm like dude that's better than what i got let's do this oh my goodness <laughs> uh,
1: yeah so please do and so use your strong voice to support The podcast and
0: tell a friend about us. Oh my god, (laughs) I thought we were past this. (laughs) I thought I I only had to weather through poro eggs. This is your life,
1: all right? Um, (laughs) so I'm currently playing, you know, state of the game, I'm currently playing discard aggro again. And how I end up back here is because I'm doing so. Obviously, the game comes out uh next week officially on the 30th, you know, big news, everybody's hype. Uh, and everybody's trying to get their rating in the proper place because no one knows if there's going to be like a special one-time reward. Um, everybody's trying to get their vault grinded. So I went to play uh, yesterday, did some grinding, um, close to diamond. I'm in uh, plat, plat one. And I kept hitting Zed, Fiora, decks over and over. I swear I played eight in a row. And I beat, you know, 60% of them. So I'm doing well. But it was very frustrating because <laughs> yeah. um, I was playing that Avarosa deck that uh, Ma- Magwai or Magui, Mega Mogwai. Yeah, Mogwai posted a while back. He said he was playing around with it and that was pretty solid, you know, but it was it, it wasn't behaving as I wanted to against those decks. So then I ended up going to Jinx discard aggro to just kind of outrace those guys. And I've been doing very well with that. So nothing special. Just went back to the well.
0: I give you know, I, I've got a big old smile on my face because, you know, I'm I'm always the one saying I'm the aggro player. Yeah. So hell yeah. Hell yeah, discard <laughs> those cards, baby. Get oh. get this mid range out of here. So so you've been telling me you've been concocting this okay. nasty foul I, <laughs> potion. It, what is yeah, it? Do you it have by reason? foul potion, it will cause you to wretch and oh, you will no. just watch your rank deck. <laughs> and I'm embarrassed to talk about like how much how much time I put into this deck. It is a Piltover Zion Shadow Isles oh Callista Hecarim Ephemeral Deck. And oh. the I wanted to put it together because I wanted to do um A lot of the shadow isles like sacrifice shenanigans, Mm -hmm. but combine it with cards like the used cask salesman, which is the yeah yeah, it's the the zon card that um or the piltover card (laughs) that is a three two and it summons two ephemeral zero one casks Mm -hmm. that they die and they deal one damage to everybody. That
1: is a level flavor that yeah. we'll probably bring him up again that's a, it's a good flavor card
0: no refunds no refunds <laughs> <laughs> no, no refunds but the um i like he he also just kind of has a natural synergy too with Callista because that's two things that die the moment that he comes into play and yeah so when the deck works <laughs> i look like a genius yesterday specifically yesterday <laughs> i played six games in a row yeah all six of them were against bannerman decks oh, it, yep. so it was demacia x or mono demacia bannerman decks oh, no. and i got trashed like every time i was they were like two health yeah like it, it was uh, always close but i i lost the race every time like, like i'm not really racing so yeah. a, a true mid-range deck is gonna destroy me. Yeah. So I lost like 6 games in a row. Said screw this. I went and played my own bannerman decks yeah. to get my dailies and then I uh, cried. <laughs> At least and, you tried. At least you tried. That's now I'm sharing this deck with people. So I'm sorry.
1: I'm <laughs> sorry. Um so let's get into the main topic here. eggs. <laughs> I'm going to try to say it
0: as much as I can. <laughs>
1: because it's, it's one
0: of my more favorite titles we've come up with let's, let's, um let's get the omelet going so
1: we're talking about a nevia obviously we're still in frail yord we're talking about Nivia and Braun Bram, the last two remaining champions at the moment uh we did Sajwani, we did you know ash we did trindamir so here we are so let's get into our spells so my spell uh for this one you know no surprise is harsh winds and harsh winds is a six cost burst spell that Frostbite's two enemies, right? And the cost here makes sense because Frostbite is a card that targets one enemy and does the same thing. That costs three, three plus three equals six. Uh, (laughs) That's the second time I've done math in less than 10 episodes.
0: Most card games aren't really gonna give you like an offer of buy now and you get two for one. Exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is definitely a card that's geared more towards mid range and control variants of the deck. Uh, and it's a direct reference to Anivia's control of the elements of the Frail Yord, which we'll get into when we talk about her. Um, it's a good card. I mean, this card is it, it's high costed and especially with the curve of how cost works in this game being a lot you know, lower uh, than most games where, you know, paying five for something is considered expensive. Uh, at first, you would think, OK, well, this is a very expensive spell. Why would you ever use this? Why would you play three of because it's always a three of usually. that's because you have the mechanic of the three additional spell you can have leftover mana in right so that helps you get to this cost a lot easier helps you set up future turns and it definitely benefits those who play ahead of their opponent
0: yeah and i i my favorite bit about this card is that it's just so flexible like this isn't this isn't one of the cards that is like if you're if you see it played it's like okay this is a control deck like, it, it works mid-range. Like, you could play this in aggro, too, because the ability to just, like, negate someone's trade, like, I mean, it, obviously it's, like, a lot of six drops you don't want to see in aggro, but you, it can be used <laughs> as a combat trick. Yeah. It's, it's like, this is the all-star of Freljord. Yeah, like, It's such a good card. Yep. Uh,
1: and the quote here is always good. You challenged me on my own lands, you ill-prepared little one.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Nivea doesn't mix play. words. Uh, <laughs> Nivea ain't playing for a demigod. Uh, so what do you <laughs> have? Um, I I also went. Um, a little bit out of flavor, just for a card that I do enjoy, which um, is Avalanche. Mm-hmm. It's a four mana, slow spell that deals two damage to all units. Yeah. So it's going to deal damage to um, followers and champions, mm-hmm. and it's allies and enemies. It's just uh, Avalanche doesn't care. It's going to hit everything. Yep. Um, and I, I think that this card is a little underutilized but it's because a lot of the frostbite mechanics are really good Mm -hmm. um and one of the things that whenever i am trying to go out of my comfort zone and play control i'm most comfortable playing with board wipes Mm -hmm. and there are there's one true board wipe in runeterra and that's it so like anything that's close to a board wipe i'm like holding it close to me and i'm like please (laughs) don't leave me um so i love this card and the I did want to bring it up just so that I could purposely point out that cinematic that oh, yeah. Ryan put out for Frail Yord with Braum just snowboarding down an avalanche with his shield. Yeah. Come on. That was sick. <laughs> that was so yeah, sick. There's bro. also
1: another reference to Avalanche in once we get the Braum story and we talk about uh him saving the troll the troll kid. Yep. Um and- Yeah, that's a a good choice. That's a good choice. Yeah, To your point, uh, board clears are as valuable as toilet paper right now. So you want to hold on to it and you want to wipe responsibly. Um,
0: This will protect you from the Poro 19.
1: (laughs) 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 Poro eggs. Um, So (laughs) Uh, so now we're going to move on to followers here and I picked one that's not really played much um, and has recently been updated to try to increase play or it may be one of those future cards. So In card games, you tend to have developers release – developers and designers release cards ahead of schedule so that they're there for when new sets come out. And I think this is one of those for especially some of the bigger cost things we're seeing in this new expansion like Nautilus just got revealed, right? Um, and he's a high cost of thing, so who knows, right? You might need this ramp ability. So, I'm talking about wording stones, and I had to make sure I knew how to say it correctly. And I even put it in parentheses uh, because I'm tired of messing up. <laughs> I'm turning my life around
0: it. He, he, like he, he's got notes everywhere. Like he mailed me a post it so that I could have a physical, a physical write down of how to pronounce this card. So <laughs> I'm like wording receiving sto- it in the yeah. mail. Like, what, what the hell is this? <laughs> so we talked about
1: ramp in the past and talked about seeing more of it. And this is a good example of it. Uh, this one's more geared to more, towards control style of ramp. Uh, so wording stones is a three cost zero four that at the round start, you get an extra mana gem this round. So that's pretty straightforward. You sacrifice a turn by playing it to get a bonus the next turn of an extra mana crystal to use. And you also get a chump blocker. It's an 0-4. It used to be an 0-3 and nobody touched it, right? So it makes sense. and I could see them bumping the butt a little bit more, maybe. Who knows? Um, we'll see how it plays out once the new set comes out. If people start using it. Uh, okay. But one of the things I wanted to I picked this one is because it's another reference uh, in the in the quote here from Ash, where it talks about the older tribes leaving this behind, like the first tribes. And those first tribes kind of popped up while Anivia went through her. Uh, rebirth period and she was watching over the land and seeing humans pop up for the first time and it's the images of a cairn and not the city in Australia but <laughs> a cairn being <laughs> essentially landmarks left by tribes or you know um, nomads to be able to have a landmark for traversing sparse areas right And when you're dealing with a large uh, tundra the desolate expanse of tundra that makes sense right.
0: Does anyone like from would any Aussie know what snow is? Like <laughs> I, we're, like, we're talking don't. about like the harsh winds, frostbite and everything. Are these even words in the, like know. the vocabulary of Australian English?
1: Australia is <laughs> so massive, like I say yeah, massive, but it's bigger than you think. I wonder if it snows anywhere. Uh, because I mean, it's it, located right there in that tropic in that belt, right? It, like so it's, it, it's
0: south enough, right? To maybe like the most southern points. Yeah, like, I
1: know I know the uh, like for the Arctic, like Arctic ex, uh, expeditions and traveling, they go from the ports of Australia. Yeah, to get so, there. So I mean, maybe it's not that far of a drive. Oh, well, I say drive. To- sorry, there's water.
0: <laughs> <laughs> welcome to two ignorant Americans. I know. Right? <laughs> like- <laughs> well, actually, no um, one one ignorant Cuban and one ignorant <laughs> Canadian. This is not even an American podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no you've broken the veil, <laughs> they the know too veil. Much. um uh, but, but back to wording stones yeah. i think i think this card is going to end up being a lot more controversial when the next set comes out because the the effect of it like it only grants you that ramped mana for the round yeah so if you play it on turn three turn four you have five mana and if it gets removed turn five you will only have five mana you yeah. don't actually get that ramp and the other the other ramp cards will actually ramp like mm-hmm. it's a true ramp yeah whereas wording stones isn't and one of the cards that got spoiled for freljord in the next set I I don't know the name of it, and oh, yeah. it do? I don't have it prepared, so I, I'm not going to try to go silent and yeah. find it. But um, it, it's a it's a minion. Uh, it's a four three with overwhelm, and it has nexus strike. Get a mana crystal. Oh yeah, like okay. it ramps you yeah, on a yeah. on a body that's actually relevant because yes. wording stones isn't going to be trading with anything, yeah. so. Why, like, would this card be overpowered if it just actually truly ramped you instead of only giving you the mana for the turn?
1: it seems like they're being very careful because in Magic we've seen where ramp can get out of control and then you can't, you know, you have people using the ramp to draw cards, so then they have infinite cards, infinite mana on, you know, three turns earlier than their opponent. And that's that's what I think they're trying to stay away from because it's ruined games before and it's really hard to design a comeback from that. Um, That's fair. But now we get to talk about what we're really here for. The
0: we're the the all star yeah. of this podcast. <laughs> the only reason anyone listens to us. That's right, everyone. We're about to talk about the man, the myth, the legend himself, Cervantes. Cervantes. So, so my if, if my follow Okay, wait. First of all, if you
1: don't know who Cervantes <laughs> is yet. Go listen to the other podcast episodes. <laughs> because Cervantes is very important. All right, Hedge, continue. Cervantes is the
0: reason I get out of bed in the morning. Yeah, I do do it for Cervantes. Do it for Cervantes. Um, so, my, my follower pick is going to be the Mighty Poro. Yeah. It's a three mana, three, three with overwhelm. <laughs> and he is a big old, beautiful boy. Big old I, boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like the art already is just so much fun on this card because it's a giant poro <laughs> holding holding Mjorn, Mjolnir <laughs> like th- eat your a hard out Thor the eye I- 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 <laughs> with an eye I- it's it's great and if you open the full art too there's just an army of dumb looking poros (laughs) behind him just like hey it's cervantes (laughs) oh y'all thought this was a game (laughs) yeah um but uh the Uh, i do I, i think that this card is going to be seeing a lot more when sejuani comes out yeah because of the overwhelm text like overwhelm and like if speaking from my old pl- experience <laughs> with uh, Magic the Gathering, like trample, yeah, like it's that's a big deal when it comes to like blocking and everything. It's really looking at a board and saying that I can block five creatures mm-hmm. instead of saying how much damage is there, yeah, is way different because you' give everything overwhelm. And all of a sudden, you have to look at the numbers, and you have to figure out how much of that you got to block yeah. before your life total becomes zero. So I think, I think that Mighty Poro will end up sa- – well, excuse me, Cervantes is going to be saving <laughs> more play. And the other bit with Cervantes is that he can also be spawned with Braum. Yes. Uh, with a leveled up prom, which we will get into later. Like, I, I, he's. Cervantes is going to be the star of the show <laughs> for everyone, whether they know it or not. All right. Like, Cervantes knows how good he is. It has
1: been decided.
0: It is, um, so it is written. Uh, so it shall be. So it shall be.
1: The uh, So let's get into the champions. And this one, you know, mine's going to be a little bit fast. If you haven't figured it out by now, I'm talking about a That's my choice for this week. And. Anevia, not much story because she exists in the background of so many other stories, especially as we get, because remember, there's like 148 champions or something like that in League of Legends. So as we get more, we'll start to learn more about the old gods and the environmental gods, especially when we get to um, what is it, Udir? Uh we'll get to that spectrum of uh like spiritualism and et cetera. But so what is Anevia? Anevia is probably easiest to think of her. She's a demigod right? She's kind of similar to Vola Bear, if you want to think about that, except she's extremely tied to the Freljord region. Like, she is a part of it physically, uh, and she's essentially an ice phoenix, right? So, she goes through the whole, um, what is it, cycle of life, death, rebirth, uh, and in those time frames, she's affecting the land and, you know, watching over it. So, she's a force of nature. Think of it like that. Um, and one thing we get to see is that she gets to witness the you know all the stories we've talked about with ash and Sajwani and the tribes you know them being like the third generation uh in a, in a long line anivia was around when the first generation of humans popped up she kind of watched what was happening as it was one great tribe that then split into many smaller ones because of altercations and you know infighting and so on and so forth which got you to the point that we were in ashes and sejuani story um and then Turns out, because she's now here, you have Ash, who's trying to bring it back to where it once was as unifying all the tribes to one cause as, you know, their home as Frelia, or taking care of it and taking care of each other. And Anivia is all about that. She's picking a side, right? She's on the side of good. Uh, and her other job. So her part-time job, right? So obviously, you know, it's, it's America, so you have to have more than one job. So <laughs> <laughs> while she's helping Ash and kind of allied with Ash in her goal, she's also keeping an eye on all of the, you know, chaos creatures, the Ursine references that we've heard before uh, in the background and helping with that as well. Uh, Because he says something darker is lumining. So that whole threat of, you remember the frost shamans we talked about? We talked about the Earth sign. There's more there. We'll get more as more cards come out. And we'll hear about that side of the story because there is an overarching plot in League of Legends. But we're not there yet because we still have like... Probably twenty more episodes to go through to get you all ca- caught up, uh, just based on what's available. In the
0: yeah, world. if we're talking about like getting into like the actual like full picture, yeah, or what we can see of it in the 4K HDR we're, whew, picture, <laughs> we're gonna be some old men by the time we get there. But yeah. <laughs> the, um, I, I think like the the my favorite bit about the fact that Anivia was a champion that they decided to go with with the Feral Yord mm. is how ancient she is yes. and there's it's not quite in all of the lore i think like shadow isles uh, for what we have talked about is the the deepest that we get to look into like the ancient history yeah. of runeterra and the fact that they went ahead and decided to go with anivia as one of the Freljord champions like opens the doors to really seeing all of the things that people have forgotten about with Runeterra, Yeah. And cause obviously there's ties to the first humans that appeared, which would be like Lissandra, which is a champion in league of legends. Yeah. And that does ties deeply with Anivia. So, you know, sure that opens a door there, but even with regions like Demacia, Demacia is forgotten. Um, At least what we know of with the champions that are out, they don't remember the ancient history Mm -hmm. verbatim of how their city ended up coming to be, which was the conflict between Kale and Morgana. And the fact that Anivia is already in Runeterra as far as being able to present that ancient history mm-hmm. it really opens a door for a lot of other champions to come into the game sooner yeah that's really that's really well said
1: yeah that's that, that's cool um because it gives you that that next level of power right like in any good anime you gotta have the you gotta have the next level right your are is proven we'll take it to space um but let's look at the card real quick so anivia is a control card control decks only please <laughs> all right it's a seven cost two four all right, it's a seven cost two four. Who has enlightened abilities, uh, which means you know when you're at ten mana, which is controlling. Uh, her attack, she deals one damage to all enemies, and her last breath uh, revives or it turns her into an egg or egg Nivea. I don't even know why they decide. I listen, Poro egg, Poro egg, egg. egg. Nivia. <laughs> you, you read my mind. This is this is why we're doing the show. <laughs> <laughs> we are one of the of the same um but yeah so when she flips so when she flips she deals two damage instead of one which at that point you've lost a game nothing can really survive because she does that damage before she attacks two and she's a three five at this point and she turns into an egg and when she turns into an egg at the start of the round she transforms back into a Um if she's enlightened and then so it's like you can't it's it's pretty much a game ender and her you know if they have an extra one in hand it turns into a harsh wins which just made, like this card is made to if you can get online you win
0: um yeah and i like it's the the two bodies is what yeah. makes it exhausting too like that that's the biggest reason of like okay if it gets online you've lost yeah. it because most of the other ones it's like well if you kill it you you know you have a chance well can you kill this one twice you, you're guaranteed <laughs> to be two for one yourself t- for a fighting chance yeah. that's that, that's not a fighting chance i'm
1: anymore. happy you mentioned that because this is probably one of the most difficult card games to deal with two for ones in um in my in my experience so that makes this card even more powerful um yeah. but speaking of powerful
0: <laughs> speaking of powerful <laughs> never fear because brahm is here <laughs> brahm is here <laughs> brahm is here they uh um. So my my champion is go- if it's not clear yet, it's gonna be <laughs> the mustached man himself. Mustache. Like, I have a I have a going theme here. Yeah. If
1: <laughs> but, and we're uh, both rocking mustaches for this episode because of quarantine. Yeah,
0: yeah. You got you gotta God bless that quarantine style. Sure, you know, <laughs> like, like we could still look fly. I'll I know, be right? Lazy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so Brom. First and foremost, the thing I want to make the most clear is this is the most wholesome story mm-hmm. that Riot gives us. If you need a smile for the day <laughs> and you haven't read through Brahm's lore, just go read it. It'll put a smile on your face because God bless this man. Like uh, this is he must be protected at all costs. Protect Don't him. nerf Brom. <laughs> he must be protected. Uh, but. Um, Brahm uh, growing up, it was very clear that Brahm was going to be a very large and powerful man. like it was very clear that he was already bigger than the children at the same <laughs> age. like Brahm Brahm came out of the womb looking like he does yeah. <laughs> but um the the most important thing with his childhood is that Brahm was always taught by his mother that he should use his size and his power. To protect those weaker than himself, not to, not to bully those weaker, and his mother not only reinforced that through words but also through her actions. So his earliest memories are of neighboring tribes because the Fraylyard is very, a very tribal and almost nomadic land, yeah. especially when you get away from the quote unquote cities, and they're. The village that Brom grew up in, their neighbors were constantly raiding and harassing them, taking their uh, taking their cattle and their food. And a terrible storm one night rolls in and nearly wipes that their neighboring town off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. And Brahm's mother is the first person to start leading efforts to go to the survivors and bring them food. And try to provide them with shelter. And that's when Brahm understood what it means to use your power for good because these people who were the enemies that he grew up knowing yeah. suddenly became family. Mm-hmm. They, they treated him with nothing but love, with open arms and open hearts because of the love that his mother showed. And, and then I'm that's when cry. he Stop. decided Stop. is I'm, gonna- <laughs> I'm, I'm getting forclimbed <laughs> like that's that's when Brahm decided to become the person that he is. Yeah. And then the the biggest summation of his lore is from that point on. He became a fairy tale character. <laughs> he becomes so large that it's like, oh wait a second, he is clearly he is clearly an Iceborn. Yeah. And then everyone went, well, what do we do? And then Brom <laughs> went, no, it's fine. I'm going on an adventure. <laughs> and no one no one sees any of Brom's adventures. Yeah. So the rest of Brahm's life is just talked over in mead halls. Yep. And it's just like, hey, did you – I heard through the grapevine that you downed an entire forest with your bare hands. Yeah. Is that true? <laughs> Don't let the truth get in the way.
1: So meanwhile, battling Bjerg is trying to tell the truth.
0: <laughs> and Brahm is trying to deny it. Uh, the, um, <laughs> uh, the quote that Brahm that they give Brahm as far as the way that he discusses his own legend, yeah. is why, why use the truth to take away something that brings happiness yep. and people together? Like I would rather I would rather live a lie than to take that happiness from people. Like Brom is just such a warm person. This was a
1: great character yeah. when he was revealed, um, oh, in yeah, League of Legend. Absolutely. Because I, at first, I mean, you see his kit and people hated him, right? Because he's he's a very disruptive character. But it's such it's such a likable lore. It's such a different take. Like yeah, it's a big strong guy. You have that in plenty of fantasy. But to have him be so selfless, to have him be so kind of just like joy loving. Um, and then to have him, you know, his his kind of love of poros, right? Like that's also like yes. it, it ele- elevated the concept of poro culture. I can't believe I said that. It's 2020 for real. Um, poro culture in that community where people love poros and want more of them, right? Um, and like to the point where every region that's going to be revealed has to have a Poro in it, and Riot knows that,
0: right? Yeah, like it's Poros or Riot. Yeah, like, we're, we're Poros getting or one. Riot. We're getting one or the other. All right. So if Riot doesn't want their head on a platter, we <laughs> yeah. get Poros. So let's
1: talk about the card. Um, you mentioned it earlier.
0: This, yes, the card. The card is um, one of the most unique champions as far as in the no card attack. game. That's cur- no attack so he's a three mana zero five it's flavor baby he- and his he has challenger and regenerate um so this is the first champion that we've talked about that with regenerate um so regenerate is the or regeneration excuse me is at the end at the end of a round or at the start of a round like i know the card will say at the start of each round it's but technically it's at the end mm, of a round no. it's that, the phases that are kind of yeah, the phases are kind of wonky. But the the key part is that at the start of each round, he fully restores all of his health. Which in in Terra the cards or the followers and champions work very similarly to Hearthstone, where the damage sticks. Mm-hmm. If you deal damage to a creature with four health, then that creature has to take four damage over yeah. how many turns that takes. And then once he takes that 4 damage, he dies. Um, With a creature with regeneration, they get it all back. You gotta kill them in one go. Um, But with Braum, he starts off with 5 health. His level up is that he has to survive 10 damage. Mm-hmm. And once he survived 10 damage, he gains 2 more health, still 0 attack, off of his level up. And then... He gets the text when I survive damage. Summon Cervantes. Cervantes. Um, or yeah, so, um, for people who haven't, who, people who aren't truly following the game, the card will read: Summon a mighty poro. <laughs> and that's a typo. It's Summon Cervantes. Oh man, <laughs> you know, but, it's, it's uh, funny
1: because Cervantes is riding on the shoulders of Brom, and since he's your mount you ride on cervantes so technically Brom, brom's huge brom's your secondary mount <laughs> it's yeah, a stack Brom- of people it's three <laughs> three kids in a trench coat
0: <laughs> it's the ultimate i am the ultimate chicken fighter the all ultimate right like chick. like i'm i'm a top this giant chicken fighter oh man deck.
1: yeah brom's awesome um and let's let's the- uh, sorry was there something else
0: yeah um I think like the because he's a really cool card but the part of him that is the most unique and definitely the thing that was most impressive when the game started mm-hmm. is that his unique spell is take heart yeah and take heart is a three mana burst spell that grants a damaged ally plus three plus three not for the round <laughs> permanently <Yeah. laughs> and the i remember when i first got into the beta the first decks that i was running into over and over again were brom decks yep. and i was sitting here going i can't kill this thing i of course was playing lux yeah so like my my biggest part of removal outside of damage was purify and i yep. just remember like the second game i ever played just hovering over a brom with purify going this is bullcrap <laughs> this needs to get nerfed <laughs> I'm so cannot angry. target champion. Cannot target champion. What is this crap? And uh,
1: ROM's already pure too. So like lore wise, you you couldn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's ridiculous. But, um, I. The last thing I'll say with the lore is because Brom also opens up a lot of doors for more feral champions. Pun the intended. <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> I can do it too. What? How do you like that? How do you like that, Ryan? <laughs> uh, but so Brom opens the door yeah. for a lot of other champions because he is he is heavily wanted by the Frostguard. And the Frostguard are the ancient humans that are under the ice that no one knows about. Mm-hmm. I think the closest thing you can compare it to from other lores uh, would be like um, a lot of northern tribes or dwarf races mm-hmm. and the drow. Yeah. Um. Like I, I'm thinking more like Elder Scrolls, how the yeah. nords have the drow. Um, Drist. Or the drow. Goerdin. Yeah, so... <laughs> the you know, there's this whole race of people or this hidden society, quote unquote, and they want Brahm because Brahm saved a troll that was locked in some ancient vault by punching his way through the mountain <laughs> to get into this to get into this this vault. Yeah. He doesn't take anything out of the vault outside of rescuing this troll child. And then because he was pissed that he had to punch his way through the mountain, he ripped the vault door off its hinges. (laughs) And it turns out that the vault door has true ice in it. And that is the shield that we all know Braum for carrying around. Mm -hmm. And so just that story of how he gets his shield just – Ties in like you know, Lysandra the same way that Olivia yeah. ties in Lysandra. Well, like, why? It's like, why? Why are they so obsessed with this vault door? Yeah. Who was the troll kid that he saved? Yeah, and why does yeah. why does the troll king K- K- Trundle care about it? <laughs> <laughs> um, and and Brom ends up like, and I love I love this because Brom does end up helping the avarosans yeah. because he wants he he views the frail as a big family so obviously he's going to fight for the people that kind of want to bring it together yeah. but he doesn't want to fight he just is going like i'll keep your people safe yeah I'm not gonna fight though, uh, but my favorite bit of that is that it's rumored that he brought trendamere and Ash together because everything about braum is just a story in some pub. He's
1: the best friend. <laughs> He's, He's the, the best, best friend, friend that got them together, dude. You know what? <laughs> I think we leave it there. Uh, we're, so what we'll do, I love braum. yeah, because this one is a little bit longer than we thought, and also since the game's coming out next week, I think we can hold off on fate of the game, right? Because it's about to change heavily. Uh, so what yeah. we'll do probably most likely is we'll do an episode outside of our standard format and just kind of talk about the release. We'll do a release episode, kind of give our thoughts. That might be fun. Um, and then we'll get back into the regions and give you what you what you expect from the casuals themselves. Uh, but what I won't change is the surprise I So oh crap for this episode <laughs> this one's a little more tame right this one i mean Poro eggs so what, poor eggs. what we're gonna talk about is Hatch. you have to say what your favorite egg style is and what oh. your least favorite egg style is so i'll go first as usual since i'm the guest uh or i'm the host here uh at this at this torturing <laughs> of Hatch. uh I'm my favorite is scrambled eggs so nothing Nothing surprising there. I think that's kind of the general consensus. Uh, it's like the name John Smith. It's kind of expected. Uh, <laughs> um, but my least favorite is Sunny Side Up. Not a fan. Not a fan. I, it's something about. I, so when I was younger, I was always taught about like, like poisoning. Oh, if you if you don't cook an egg enough, you'll get poisoned. Like don't eat, don't touch the batter, or you'll get poisoned um, before it's cooked because there's egg in it. Like egg was like. Like just dangerous, it was as bad as heroin if it was not cooked
0: <laughs>
1: in my household. So, when I first came across a sunny side of egg, probably my teens, which is weird enough. Um, I was like, No, please, I don't want any of your, your poison styled egg.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, scrambled is just kind of the go to. What about you?
0: Um, um so I, I... I'm actually the opposite because like if we're talking just strictly like an egg dish yeah. sunny side up is probably my favorite oh man um, oh, because, there goes the like, podcast it's, it's over <laughs> that's how they the, broke um, up so cause my favorite my favorite thing on the planet is dipping Dipping toast oh into warm toast into the yolk. Oh my god! So like it's, it's it has to be raw. How are you still alive? <laughs> How does he do it? Learn his secrets. Number six will shock you. <laughs> um, least favorite though, I think, I think like if I'm truly honest, my least favorite way to enjoy an egg would be hard boiled. Oh okay. Um, because like the like the yolk at that point is just you know a just, marble it, it, it A marble that <laughs> then kind of breaks down into into like molded carpet oh no okay. yeah. <laughs> it, it smells um, awful yeah so i i think like just a hard-boiled egg technically yeah. would be my least favorite okay. i love eggs though so <laughs> i i still eat boiled eggs yeah. like i i will eat an egg however you give it to me um I, from watching anime, yeah. um, specifically the show Gintama, yeah. their their poor man dish that they do is they take a fresh bowl of cooked rice yeah. and crack an egg on top of it, yeah. and then just soy sauce and mix that up. And I've done it, and it's delicious. I I love egg. Okay, so yeah, I'm sorry. So I, we, I will take all the poro eggs. From
1: all now. the poro eggs, and for one more poro eggs and that's been the, the podcast <laughs> so, as always guys this one's been a little bit longer that's fine we had a good time uh thank you for listening as always and we will be back soon with the next episode
0: take care <laughs> poro <OX>. eggs <Poor> <laughs>